Welcome to the Catapulting Commission's podcast. This is the place where we discuss how to maximize performance and improve retention with today's modern sales force. Every conversation on the show has one goal in mind, and that is to catapult your commission. I'm your host, Anthony Garcia, international best-selling author, motivational speaker, and a lifelong sales enthusiast. Be sure to join me every week as we interview sales leaders and entrepreneurs from around the world. We will discuss best practices and ensure that you leave motivated and inspired to take action. Now, let's enjoy today's episode. Catapulting Commissions family, what's up team? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Catapulting Commissions podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Garcia. Today's guest comes from me from north of the border, Dave Young. He is the co-host of the Builder's Nuggets podcast. He's a business coach entrepreneur, real estate investor. He is also a regional partner for Alaire Homes, which is building custom homes. Overall, I'm excited to have this conversation as we talk about how we separate ourselves in crowded markets, how not to allow your industry to be commoditized, and how to truly accelerate your sales imprint in your industry by being just a little bit different. Dave, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks. I'm looking forward to, you know, how we can catapult each other here, you know? Yeah, man. Well, let's let's just jump into this, right? So right now we have, and, and I'm assuming it's the same in Canada, and correct me if I'm wrong, but right now in the States, I mean, we we have a, a housing boom that we haven't seen in, in a, let's say, 12 years, 13 years. It's just, it's just nuts. And I I'm seeing people pop up, I'm seeing real estate agents pop up. I'm seeing new home builders pop up and I'm seeing this, this market getting crowded again. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on how do we stand out in that field, not to be just a commodity industry, but more importantly, I guess we'll start from the beginning. How did you first get into the custom building industry? Yeah, home industry. <laughs> that that's an interesting story. Thanks. Thanks for, uh, thanks for asking. My, my background was always in, uh, in real estate, real estate technology, entrepreneurship. Uh, I, started buying investment properties when I was young and uh, worked on a number of my own, my own projects and, and got a call out of the blue one day from a uh, franchise sales rep who I knew from something else telling me about this great new system, this network that was coming to the market. He had the opportunity to work on it, uh, wanted to partner with me on it and was just like over the moon excited about this thing and I said, hey man, well like what is it? And he says, it's a it's a custom home building franchise. And I'm like, dude, I'm out. I the joke in my house is the best tool in the toolbox is the checkbook. I'm not handy. I'm great at demo, but I'm not that kind of guy that gets in. Like I I will start a project, but there's no way I'm finishing it. So I, I thought there's like this is not the industry for me. I knew enough about it because of my real estate experience and I'd worked with a number of builders and, and technology products that involved builders. So I was very familiar with the industry and he was very compelling. He said, well, listen, there's this new system that's coming. You got to listen to this, this young founder, he's got this vision and I'd like you to take, uh, just agree to a 30 minute phone call with them. So I said, you know what? It doesn't hurt. It sounded kind of compelling. And I thought I'll go and listen. I know I'm not going to do it, but why not learn about something new and that's designed to shift an industry. And, uh, so I said, okay, I'll do it. He said, good. Cause I already told him you would. So I, I had a 
booked a 30 minute call with Blair McDaniel, the, the young at the time founder of, uh, of Lair Homes, it, which was based out of Nimo, Canada. And that 30 minute call went two hours and 45 minutes. And I heard his vision about this fractured industry of all these great builders who are all on different business models. They're all doing things differently. They're not leveraging services. They're not collaborating the way that they could. And why not? And he looked at all every other industry, from the automotive industry right through to real estate, restaurants. There had been some form of collaboration coming together and you know, beyond just home builders associations or, or small groups, but really leveraging services together from start to finish. And some of the world's greatest brands had grown from that. And what was missing, you know, was, you know, things like accountability, real structure, collaboration, mentorship, all in a focused way. So he just had the vision that imagine if you put all these things together, you allowed everyone to have their own company, put their own spin on it, still charge their own rates and everything like that. But we were just going to support the heck out of them. And I'm like, that'll work. So this was in 2013. There was only maybe half a dozen Allaire locations, you know, in in Canada, just looking at it at going into the U.S. And today, there's over a hundred locations across North America, and the builders are are doing very very well. But um, so fast forward a little bit from that, I had the opportunity to open up a couple of markets in in the U.S. So I oversee the uh, North and South Carolina in the province of Manitoba, and very fortunate that I get to work with some amazing builders and with my support team and the Allaire uh, sort of home office team, we're able to put these builders on on steroids so that they can deliver an experience second to none and reduce the risk in their business and create businesses that are more valuable. So from my experience with doing that, my business partner in North Carolina, Dwayne Johns and I, we decided, well, we want to share what we've been learning with uh, with the rest of the world. We, and that's when we started uh, the Builder Nuggets podcast, nothing to do with Allaire, just sharing what we had learned through our collaborations throughout the industry. And uh, an amazing thing happened. We started to attract other like-minded builders and thinkers who wanted to contribute to the show. And it's just been, it's been so fun because we, we went in to add value and so many other people, we've been humbled by the response and other people reaching out to us, wanting to be a part of the show, the stories that come in. Now that adds value from, to us and we're able to put that in the coaching that we do with the businesses that, that we're looking to, uh, to elevate. And it, it's funny, the word you use is catapult. The word I use is, is elevate. It's, 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 very, uh, it's very, very similar and, and, a, and a really good place to start because you wanted to talk about commoditization. The, the construction industry, it started out from a, from a real earlier, early on, it was always a noble profession, right? And somewhere along the way, it lost an element of that and it became somewhat commoditized and more and more people were able to do it. People focused on price. You have HGTV and other shows that are, you know, and advisors telling you go out and get three bids which are actually meaningless because they're all make-believe. Everybody's guessing, you know, you have no idea what this house is going to cost. But those commoditization sort of, that commoditization mindset 
crept in and we feel like especially with the podcast we're we're trying to get away from that we're, we want to elevate the industry we want to figure out ways to get people collaborating and understanding that it's not about price it's about value so if you focus on the value that you deliver whether you're delivering a product or an experience or advice protection whatever it is you're delivering i think the, the way i would go here is be worth it you know be worth it and once you're worth it this opens up all kinds of doors for you because you have belief in yourself you've invested in your team and we can dig into some of these things if you want to go granular on the man um because you've kind of pulled the string on me here and i just start, started rolling no no dave i mean 100 before you go any further you, you said something right belief in yourself right and, and investing in yourself like i, I just want to peel some layers back because this conversation i mean 100 there's so much value that's going to come out of <laughs> some of the things that you're going to say but i and i don't want to lose this stop you said you jumped into an industry I, I have to, I mean, I want to be a fly on the wall with that conversation at home. Hey, I'm going to join a custom building industry. I don't even have an impact driver. Like I just, I'm not the handy guy. I can't build things, but you had belief. You had belief in the vision. You had belief in yourself. So you, you essentially bet on yourself a long time ago. And then as you bet on yourself, you continue to improve. So you made the saying that there was a belief in yourself. Have you always had that confidence in yourself to step out and do something that you're uncomfortable with or that's not native to you? Yeah, and I think the answer to that is sometimes. And it depends on, and this is, it, everybody's a little bit different. We all have different risk, you know, tolerances, thresholds, a go for it button. And, you know, safety is important to us in, in different ways. The way I'm wired, if it's something that I believe in and I think is going to work, and I give credit to Blair for being able to tell, and we can dig into this later too, he had a clear vision. He told a compelling story of what he wanted to achieve. He had a plan of how to do it. And he also said, how would you do it? What things do you see from your industry? So he saw it input. And right away, that was like a very strong magnet. And you have to, you know, you're right. At that time, I was going into this because I believed that the business concept would work, that this was ripe for the industry, that we could elevate builders. It didn't matter to me that I didn't really know. Like I sort of knew the main stages for building a house, but I didn't want to be a builder at all. In fact, you know, I asked that I, as part of joining and becoming a regional partner, I wanted an exemption from that. I wanted to just work on the business side of things. And Blair said, no, if you are going to lead other people through this, if you're going to understand the concepts, it's like you have to open a pilot office. And that was terrifying to me. So I went and took like to get my builder's license. I had to go and take a bunch of courses and, and you know, dig into the technical stuff, set up a, set up a contracting business. And luckily my first job came through uh, somebody from my, the real estate side of things who said, Hey, we're, we've just bought this house. We know you're getting your builder's license and you're, you're joining this company. We're going to wait for you because we trust you. And so that was a huge vote of confidence. And that was the first thing I realized is that if, you know, people invest in you and I thought, okay, well, I have to do, that's a lot of pressure. It was a young family. Uh, and, uh, the wife was Italian. 
The rest of the Italian family is coming. It's got to be done by December 18th because my whole family is coming for Christmas. And, you know, you hear all the stories that, like, deadlines missed and all that sort of thing. There is no choice. I had a personal relationship I had to deliver. So I just followed the software. I followed, I had the instruction, the mentorship. I had lots of encouragement and support. And luckily, I knew enough trades that were good. Uh, I put them in and they were a gift to me. Like those guys delivered. I just had to schedule them. They helped me with the scheduling. And we got that first project. Big success. After that, I was able to attract a friend of mine who was between work, who was, has a project management background, hired him as a project manager. Now I was selling the jobs. He was coming in, overseeing the jobs. Then we grew to the next step. We bought a second office, grew to the next step. He became the general manager. He managed the team. I was still doing a little bit of sales. Shortly after that, maybe two years in, he was taking care of everything, brought in a new business partner. And over the last you know, a couple of years ago, I exited both of those businesses. They're running, they're running well. Uh, they've actually merged with the new business owner. They've opened another office doing far more business than we could have ever imagined. Uh, and then that allowed me to focus on the key aspects that I wanted to focus on, which was elevating, you know, growing the brand and elevating the people within the brand, because I could see, I clearly understood all the tools and the things that were there to deliver an exceptional experience. And when I talk about that, it's not just an exceptional experience to your client. If you want to be worth it, you need to be worth it to your team, to each other, to your trade partners. You want to deliver that, you know, that elevated experience, every single interaction that you have. So how do you get there? And that that's where we come back to the other question, which is, you know, that belief investing in yourself, right? So it can take a while to get there, especially for anybody who's out there right now is it's just, you know, feels like they keep bumping up against the ceiling or getting getting frustrated and you want to have a reset. The easiest place to start is to invest in yourself, learn about how you're wired, take some things like Colby tests or uh, the Clifton Strength Finder test, learn about yourself figure out what you're good at, take inventory of what you're good at and what you're not good at. Once you understand that and how to do exercises like that, understand where you should be positioned in your business, the next investment you make in is everybody else on your team. But you have to do yourself first because if you invest in them and they do all this stuff and you have no idea how to lead it uh, and to inspire them with it, then you're going to get lost. You're going to get left in the dirt. Um, but it really, if you're looking for a good starting point on, on being worth it, be worth it to yourself first. And you can build upon that. That's where your belief will, will come from and then you can accomplish anything. But it's not easy. It takes training and it, it's sometimes a hard look to, to analyze your faults and to really be vulnerable. It's one, of the, it's one of the things that I had to do, like really look at the things that I was failing at and had to get off my plate, um, understanding why I wasn't good at completing tasks and things that I needed to stop doing. It's a really raw exercise to go through if you're, if you're honest with yourself. Uh, but then you hit a point where it's like, okay, all of my life I've been taught that these things that I'm not good at, I have to improve on. Well, why would I spend time working on something I'm never going to be good at when I can focus on 
what I love to do and I'm exceptional at so that you're constantly working in your effortless ability zone, uh, which is so fulfilling for you. What that does is all those things that you thought of as crappy tasks before, those are actually, if you flip that and think of those as opportunities for other people and you have a compelling mission and a culture of elevation and people who thrive on doing those things implement or people who have an integration mindset that want to, you know, work on these tasks, those accomplishing those small things fulfills them, creating opportunity for them, just shift your mindset where it's like, I shouldn't be, I'm a, I'm a hindrance to my business if I do that. So getting out of the way, be worth it at whatever it is you're doing. So again, I, I just dumped a lot of stuff on you there, man, but we can, we can unpack it or sort it out however you like essentially what you're saying dave is you bet on yourself right you you took a belief in yourself you bet on yourself now as you're saying that you you did mention two things you said you follow the software you had a mentor right you you had some mentorship you follow the software i i i hear that and it, I, I i chuckle on the inside because i work with clients that will retain a coach will retain or join a mastermind or do something or, or retain a mentor and then not follow. Right. And, 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 and you're, if, if you're the type of person that wants to venture out and trial and error power to you, I am a trial and error person. I've, I've, I've failed numerous times, but I also know when there's times where I'm like, man, if someone could shorten my learning curve, I'm gonna draw confidence on that. And so you share that. And then as you go into your business venture, you talked about you're you're elevating those around you. Like you're essentially elevating an industry that that is crowded now, right? And it, it could be viewed as you know you could be just another home builder, but you took it from a whole different standpoint and said we're going to elevate this industry. We're going to elevate the people that are in the industry. We're going to elevate the mindset of the industry. Hell, I'm going to elevate the people that are around me, and in turn, I bet Dave, it elevated yourself. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And and to touch on, and, and that's, there's a couple places we can go with that. I, and I want to circle back to what you talked about, how, you know, at the beginning I followed that process and I took the advice of the leadership and, and everything like that. That's not normally my nature. They can, I'm a 10 quick start. If anybody learns about Colby, I'm constantly looking for shortcuts, better ways to do things. Shortcuts are the entrepreneur's currency. If you can find shortcuts, they're valuable. It's not not breaking the law shortcuts, but if you can find a better way to do it quicker with more people, that is what is valuable. That's how you accelerate success, but you have to be able to do it safely. I had the advantage in doing coming into a completely new system of having no previous construction company. When you take somebody who is wired to doing it a certain way, and this is what you're talking about, where there's the resistance to it, it's been ingrained in them. They have their own way of doing things. I had no way of doing things. So the default was, I'm being told you have to do it this way. And I was on a mission to be able to get out of that as quickly as possible. And for me to get out of that as quickly as possible, I had to do it exactly as it was drawn up because I was supposed to be teaching it next. Now, the company is such, Alaire is such that so much has changed since then. It's changing all the time. There's so much input coming from the field, which is, is what happens. You know, you have this collaborative environment with all these experts. Like the, the next ring on the oak tree 
is thicker and there's more and it's going and it's it's fun and exciting so it's constantly it's constantly changing but yeah there are times where things like in any big system you may love 85% of it and 15% of it you either don't believe in or you're not good at the reality is is there's probably somebody on your team that is good at it that does value and appreciate that thing and overall these things are designed to create a more valuable business that runs better with less of your time and less risk so it creates more more freedom for you but uh yeah so i i was fortunate uh because i do see it in in coaching people don't always want to take your advice they they can't get over they don't understand that coaching is actually a collaboration they feel like i've seen i've been in situations where you're coaching you're working with them you're making all these recommendations and they're picking and choosing which ones they think they're going to adopt or try um and then the ones that they don't use they don't feel like they're getting value from or they're looking at you saying no you know your stuff doesn't work because they either half-assed tried it or it's it's like hiring a personal trainer and going to the gym once a month and saying my personal training and money is a waste. It is if you're not going to lift. It is if you're not going to show up and and do the stuff. But I don't want to go negative here. We're having all this no, positive, no. I mean, positive, uh, it's, positive stuff. It's, it's truth though, right? Like if I'm going to invest in something in myself, if I'm going to take an opportunity and say I'm going to pay money to invest in myself, gym membership, uh, diet, someone preparing my food, invest in a business coach, a sales coach, an executive coach, a health coach, what, whatever I'm going to invest. If I'm not going to utilize it, it's a waste of money. It's a waste of, it's, right. it's a waste of both. And, and as somebody who's on the other side of that, if someone's going to work with me, if you're not ready to do the work we're going to talk about, I'll tell somebody, Hey, we might not be the right fit. Like, because as 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 a coach, I get vested in you. As 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 a consultant, I'm invested in seeing your company grow. So I want to see your company grow and succeed. And if we're not going to execute what we talk about, then it's like, man, you know what? It, go. You know, if you want to follow the 46 million people on social media that tell you what to do, then follow them, right? And and I'm not going to knock them because you know I I post tons of stuff on social media. But I like where you're, I like where you're going with that. So we're going to have a little chat here for about empathy for a second, which was a real eye opener for me. Like I consider myself an empathetic person. I like, I relate to people. I get passionate about their success and working with them. And that is so fulfilling to me, like uh, almost to the point where you measure your success by the success of others, because that's, that's what matters. And, you know, forget about your own. That's guaranteed. If you're doing this with other people and you're elevating them first, you know, you work on your game so you can be a better leader. Um, but when I did the, my Colby test, we actually have empathy as one of the core values in my, in my leadership team. And I did the Colby test and it, uh, or sorry, the Clifton strengths finder test. And of the 34 strengths, you know, I thought it was going to be top 10 for sure core value. And it's like 19th or 21st. And I'm like, what the heck? Why is it so low? And I was talking to one of my buddies who's an expert in this stuff, Justin Breen, and he ranks 34 out of 34 for empathy. And I'm like, here's a guy who, when I spend time with him, he's so in tune with what, you know, we're, we're connecting and, and understanding each other. And it's, and I shared with him, he's like, Hmm, I wonder, wonder what it is. And then it dawned on us. It's like, 
we are only empathetic around people with people who value what we do and do something with it. So for me as an ideas guy, if people and a coach, if people take those nuggets and they go and they waste them and they come back and ask for more, you stop losing enthusiasm for, mm. for doing it. And as a coach, it's exactly what we're, you were just talking about. It's like, go get the information from the other 45,000 people. Um, so it's funny. I have selective empathy. And I think to varying degrees, you could say everybody has selective empathy. You're empathetic to the other people who value you and you can relate to. The people who rank number one off the charts they don't need anything back. They don't need to see anything. So in a way, it's a form of ego that, that you're not, you know, if your wisdom or if your energy or, you know, what your, your common goals, because you're tying yourself to their success, you're, you're personally associated with that. So maybe there's an element of ego in there. I'm sure that there is. But when you get to somebody who ranks number one with empathy as their strength, that is probably a caregiver who can sit next to a patient who's in a coma for six months and never see an ounce of improvement and go in there and spend eight hours a day holding their hand, doing things to them that they believe, and it comes back to belief, is making a difference and makes them feel good and that they're contributing. And never ever seeing one positive, one one single bit of movement, a word of speech or anything. They're doing it because they know it's their just a good thing to do. And that is fulfilling to them. They don't need to see a result. The act is the result. So that's, and I think you see that with different coaches in, in whether it's sports business, you don't end up having time for the people who either aren't trying, aren't performing, um, or aren't respecting, you know, your, your ways. So it's a, it's a common, it's a common occurrence, but I'd never thought of it that way. Uh, before that it was really selective empathy and um, to some degree your ego wanting to see a result of the work that you're doing as well you know it's it's funny how you, how you say that because I, I have a lot of those I didn't even realize that I, I'd have to go look at my Kobe score and see where that sits for me because I anticipate uh, or I, I would expect that I have some similarities in line with you and I've been on the other side of that there is a a very um, successful uh, individual that is in network marketing that developed a direct sales organization network marketing um had coffee with a gentleman oh 18 years ago 17 years ago let's see yeah 18 years ago and had recruited me to work in in his multi-level marketing company and and i was like ah okay and so we spent some time i really we didn't do the work i was like ah, i don't believe this and i was just kind of being nice and he quickly picked up on that. And we, the last meeting we had, he's like, look, I spend time with people who are going to take the action and apply it. He was a relatively young guy. He's like, you know, Anthony, you're not that guy right now. If you decide to be that guy, let me know. I don't know if I'll still be at this level to invest this time in you, but I thought you were somebody different. I'll never forget this conversation. Yeah. That, that company, and I don't even mention the name anymore, but that company is a massively large, incredibly successful company. And the guy is now... <laughs> he's been on Forbes. He's been it. And I look at it. I'm like, man, had I just listened, had I just right. But I didn't know. I mean, I was, right. I was a kid. And there, this is the thing. Like sometimes you just don't know. And this is why, you know, we have podcasts and we share these stories of being dumbasses where it's like, we, um, you don't know what you don't know. And sometimes it's worth it to dig into it, to take that half an hour call, 
or to learn about it and say, okay, is there something there? Is there something that I can, that I believe in that I can get my head around and make it part of who I am and, and what I do? And you just weren't ready for it. Either you weren't open to it or you were distracted or you didn't, didn't have the maturity at the time, whatever. I've been all those, all those things at different times. And there's still opportunities that I'm probably missing out on right now because I haven't taken the time to dig into them or oftentimes the story was not compelling enough to capture you. So that's another important thing too, that we can, that we can talk about in, in, in being worth it and being a leader. If you, you have to be able to show your culture, you have to be able to tell your story. You have to have other people see and experience and feel your value and be the ones who uh, amplify it for you. Because if it's you going around telling everybody how good you are, you're just a, a, a typical sales rep using those other things. But if it's mm. other people and your marketing is such that you're showing, you know, in the custom home building world, it takes 100 different people to build a house. There's trade shortages out there. How are you going to attract the best trades? There's project manager shortages out there. How are you going to attract the best project managers? Well, I joke around with my marketing team that. If you want to attract a duck, you use a duck call. If you want to attract a moose, you use a moose call. Don't make it all about your your clients. In your in your videos, in your posts, have clients interacting with project managers. Have project managers interacting with with your trade partners on the job site, celebrating them, saying, "Hey, look at what look at this electrical setup. Look at how clean this board is. This is what you want from an electrical contractor. And other electrical contractors hear that electrical contractor call and say, wow, that's a company I want to work for. I'm appreciated. I'm valued there. And project managers see that project manager and say, well, look, at he's, he's doing these cool things. And, and the, the electrical guy is right after that saying how amazing it is to work with Lisa and what a great job site she runs and we wanted to keep it clean because of that. So now clients are looking at this video and saying, wow, we wish we had Lisa as our project manager. We wish we could have a uh, like, look at the sub trades that she works with. How do we get, they have a great trade base. So telling these stories in a different way. Um, I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg on the, on the marketing piece, but you, you Blair told his story to me. It was compelling to me and I got behind it. That's what you want to have happen with your teammates. So if you're if you elevate yourself, you learn and you have a very compelling story and a clearly defined mission and you have a system and a process and a dedicated way to elevate people and you share that with them, they're going to start they're going to be attracted and they're going to begin to commit to you and then you just need to continually make investments in them because you're asking them to trade their most valuable thing time for your mission for money and to go on your mission and right now people will jump ship i mean there's stories out there twenty five thousand bucks more go over here how do i how do i keep my people well that's because you have a commoditized company you don't have the right culture maybe yes you're mm. underpaying your people you got to be you got to stay with the times on that you got to be mindful of that piece because it is a key component but if you make the right investments in people, they will invest back in you and the organization. Then they start investing in each other. And if you've got a company where not only do they not want to leave the company, they, they don't want to leave each other. They don't want to leave the mission. You've given them say in the mission. You've invested in them. 
they see where they're going and you're creating opportunity, why would they leave? Somebody going to leave for 10 grand more and roll the dice and start over on that? Probably not. So um, it's very hard to do. Like we're trying to figure it out in all of our businesses right now, but that's the high level version of it. These are the things that, you know, we collaborate on as business coaching leaders. What are the things we can do? Some of the investments we've made are putting EOS into the businesses. Start every, start every meeting with a mental health check-in so that your team knows that you uh, care about them. Allow them opportunity to lead meetings. Stop looking at, you know, one of the things for project managers is, hey, we want you billable 95% of the time. You know, you're, you're looking at them as a cost instead of an investment. I, we we look at things and say, hey, that guy's that man or woman is working way too much. We need they need to have some more some more free time. We need to have some time with them <clears throat> doing personal development. Is there a community initiative you want to be involved in? What would you like to lead this month? And don't make it all about the dollars and cents because then you're you're commoditizing. Create real meaningful opportunity for people. And let them lead because the best leaders can accept leadership. And if you want to be constant, if you want the burden of constantly running everything, then constantly run everything. If you want, people call it a strive for a self-managed company. It's it's a great it's a great goal to have. But Dwayne and I think of it as a self-led company. We're, you're building leaders. Nobody wants to be a manager. Nobody wants to be managed. But would you like to be a leader and would you like to be led? How do you build a team of leaders who believe in the mission, who are shaping the mission and morphing it, putting, adding their layer of core value into it, putting that way in so that you get buy-in? Uh, that's where you create something special. It's not all about the job. It's about, it's about the mission and how you communicate it. But everybody on your team needs help with that. They need to understand each other. You need to make investments into things like Colby or Clifton Strengths, EOS, systems and structures. Like those are investments, not costs. Dave, I love what you're saying, everything, because what you just said right now about investing in the people around you, investing in your employees, investing in the team that works with you, it you're in home building. I'm in business to business sales. The strategies are exactly the same. Invest in the people around you. And if you really want to take a scale out of this, you look at some of the best teams in the world, like some of the greatest teams, whether the professional sporting teams, Olympic teams, whatever the situation is, the investment that it goes into leveling up these teams is so big. That it's not, it's not a cost. It's a truly an investment because if I invest in my people, I know people are going to, in turn, invest back into me. It's that old saying, right? People will, people will do more for a team than they will for themselves, but they're only going to do more for the team if the team came to them and invested in them as an individual. And it's just, I truly believe that. And to hear you say that in your industry resonates so well uh, with me. I know it resonates with the Catapults and Commission's family. So I, I love the conversation that you're going with, with that in that capacity. As, as, we, as we come to the end here, we, we have a few minutes here before we wrap up. One of the things that I, that I want to, to extract before we finish up here. So you invest in others. You've invested in yourself. 
you've done things well. There's somebody listening to this show right now that is saying, I like what Dave has to say, but I'm new to this. Yeah. I'm new to building a team. I'm new to investing in others. What are the pitfalls this person should avoid? Oh, it's funny. I, I don't think I've ever so <clears throat> in action, I guess I would say, you know, if you've identified it, if you're willing to sit on it and continue to business as usual, probably the first pitfall. Mm. Um, I instantly switched gears to, you know, what, what do you do about it? Um, I would say talk, go talk to some professionals. We, you know, we mentioned Colby that's, you know, starting mm-hmm. to understand yourself, what you're, what you're good at, what you like doing, learning about that. Colby is spelled K O L B E. It's the, uh, a index is the, is sort of the starting point for the test. Um, Clifton strengths finder. That's another interesting thing to do. Make that investment in yourself and your team. Have somebody help you learn about it. EOS was a fantastic investment for us. So um, Gino Wickman wrote the book Traction. Go, just go start learning about some of these things and see what resonates um, with you. You'll probably start to think about, you know, I have some keywords that are important to me, like elevation, value. We didn't talk about it today, but making yourself undeniable. When you hear mm-hmm. other thought leaders talk about those things, start to follow them maybe a little bit and and learn about it. Um, and if there's one thing to avoid, it's negativity uh, too. Like just stamp it out wherever you can. If, if people want to come and complain or tell you you're crazy for doing that, just try and, try and shield that out and and. Go work on your own your own belief and your own way of figuring out what uh, what you can get behind, and then research business coaches. You know, for me, uh, I read a book called Who Not How, which really changed that. Combined with EOS and the and the and the tests, the you know the getting to know yourself tests that I talked about. They talk about four freedoms in there. Uh, Who Not How is by Dan Sullivan and Ben Hardy. And when I read that, Dan Sullivan is a business coach. Days later, I'm signed up for strategic the strategic coach program. And in fact, I have uh, my first in-class session because it's all been virtual uh, during COVID uh, next week. So I'm looking forward to that. But part of that investment is to get some sort of coaching and find a coach that, you know, you can connect with or a coaching program where you're around. Sometimes one-on-one is what you need, but other times getting in a group with other business owners, especially if you've been isolated, uh, trying to do everything yourself, feel like, you know, people get lonely in this business too. You're surrounded by a team, but you're lonely because you're bearing a weight that nobody else is bearing with you. And that can be frustrating. You don't know who to talk to, but getting in a room with other business owners, um, find some collaboration. Those are all things to do to help you figure out how you're going to be the right leader, how you're going to identify and attract and invest in, in the right people, because it's those other people who are going to elevate you and create your success. A lot of times people look at, like when we talk about building freedom in our business or building a more valuable business, we get challenged by people who say, well, that's great for the, for the business owner. Like here's this, this business owner that's getting rich off the backs of these other people. A lot of times society has that mindset that it's the business owner that's getting rich or getting freedom or getting fulfillment or getting all the rewards. If you build your business 
around elevating and making the right rewards for your team. And that doesn't just mean, you know, a better car allowance or an extra week of vacation or $10,000 more. No, it's like real investment in them as a person is there in their growth Mm. and putting them in things that they love to do and protecting them from the wrong clients. Don't take on a client that is going to be an 18 month giant struggle for your project manager. They're going to hate it. Only pick the right, the right people. And, you know, when I talked about those four freedoms, freedom of time, it's freedom of money, freedom of purpose and freedom of relationship. When you're only working with the right people, the right clients, you've got the right market partners, you got the right trades, you got the right third party affiliates, right team members. That's when the magic happens and you're automatically elevated. Don't focus on what's rewarding to you. Focus on what's rewarding to them and you will automatically have an organization that provides a rewarding experience to everyone. And when they start thinking about delivering that rewarding experience internally to each other and to you as the business owner, because that's the real spot you want to get to where they're thinking about what can I, like when my team is thinking about, okay, what can we take off Dave's plate? What can we make it easier for him? That's where you want to be because that frees you up to do the game changing things that are exciting to them. So my team gets excited when I say, Hey, I'm going to go off and chase this new squirrel over here before chasing squirrels all the time. Why is Dave off doing that? He's supposed to be sticking to this over here. But when you've got the whole group and it's all well communicated and they know where you're going, you've got that trust and you're making investments in each other, man, that is fun. Hmm. That is just fun. Dave, I love it. I love how you, how you describe it. The, the, the investment, right, to elevate those around you is clear in the conversation we just had. It's clear in the mission you deliver. Uh, Catapult to Commission's family, do me a favor here. Go get connected with Dave Young. Speaking of that, Dave, let's tell people how to find you. Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Dave Young 13. You can imagine there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of Dave Youngs on there. So it's Dave Young 13, or you can find us on uh, uh, at buildernuggets.com reach out, uh, reach out through there as well. We're builder nuggets on Facebook and Instagram as well. So yeah, love to hear, you know, builder or not a builder, love to hear your story there. People tell us we should have called the show business nuggets. So yeah, happy to connect and share my experience, point people in the, in the right direction if it's valuable to them. And does buildersnuggets.com link us to the podcast as well? Yeah, absolutely. So you can link to the podcast there or, but it's available like, uh, everywhere the typical spots you know google podcasts spotify apple all all that jazz easy to easy to find catapult the commission's family we will have those links to dave young to builders nuggets website and the podcast in the show notes dave thanks for joining the show today catapult the commission's family you know what to do like subscribe comment and i'll see you next week Catapulting Commission's family, that does it for today's episode. If you found some value, please be sure to head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. Don't forget to subscribe. That way you're notified of new episodes. If you want to see the video portion of this podcast, head over to YouTube and look up Catapulting Commission's podcast. Finally, 
If you want a free copy of Catapulting Commissions, be sure to text the word HELLO to 661-228-8967. Again, text the word HELLO to 661-228-8967. Thanks for listening to the show. I'll see you next week.